Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. And as usual, I'm joined in the cockpit of this magnificent uh, flying aircraft by none other than co-pilot. Uh, you know him as awesome, but I call him Awesome Ward. Uh, awesome. Uh, welcome back to the Tim May Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. And it was great to see you uh, live and in color in the Covelli Center on Monday. What a treat for us to get to go back to a live and in-person press conference. Kind of like a trip back to yesteryear, back to the future, so to speak, you know, but you and I are going to talk about that in a minute. You, you can't really go back and fix a lot of things, but Ohio State and uh, the state of Ohio, uh, State Senator Niraj Antani uh, from the 6th District has uh, uh, introduced legislation that's going to allow Ohio State, other state, other state and private schools within the state to now take advantage of name, image, and likeness rights for their student athletes. Uh, it was, uh, that was the press conference on Monday when it was introduced. You know, we've had a little bit of time to think about things, but it is a moment in time to uh, kind of mark, right? Yeah, and, and one that was probably uh, way overdue for several different reasons. Um, just in the small window, you had so many other states across the country. I think 39 of them had, had put something forward, if not uh, in place by July 1, at least knowing that they were moving in that direction at least introduced legislation. And you're left to wonder, well, is Ohio gonna do this or not? Because I think that athletics are pretty important in this state. Uh, and if you're going to compete in the NCAA against, I don't know, Alabama or Georgia or uh, anywhere else in the South that had already advanced some of the stuff to put in place by the summer, you can't afford to fall behind with even one recruiting class. Uh, you know, that could be very detrimental to your program. So yeah. uh, also from the big picture of, as Gene Smith alluded to on Monday, you know, 20 years ago was the first time like, well, maybe we need to think about this. And NCAA just kept kicking the can down the road and down the road. Um, and then here we are at this point where they're like, oh my gosh, we have six weeks to do this. Uh, so both I think are overdue uh, for student athletes to be able to take advantage here. And um, I, I think it's the right thing to do. We'll see exactly how what Ohio State or how the state of Ohio, I should say, wants this to work compared to Georgia, Florida, California, the NCAA, um, Anthony Gonzalez, whoever else. There's still so many people that want to be involved in what the end result is, but this is at least an important starting step for yeah. the Buckeye State. And it's interesting, as State Senator Antoni referred to it as emergency legislation, meaning so it could get be enacted by July yeah. 1, even though, like you said, there have been decades building up to this. You know, I think he's one of those who finally got tired of hearing of hearing people, watching people kick the can down the road. That's really, you know, as a former student at Ohio State, part of the, uh, uh, what, the student uh, government. And he basically said, you know, enough time, and, you know, it's time to do it. I mean, I think he understands the urgency involved from the standpoint of, like you said, if Florida, all these other, a lot of these other states are enacting it by July 1 or August 1, it's definitely going to be used as a recruiting tool for the big state universities there, the ones that are involved uh, uh, year in, year out in the elite level of major college football and basketball. So, you know, it's either, as the old saying goes, uh, you know what, or get off, you know, and uh, move on, let somebody else do it. And uh, lead, follow, get the hell out of the way, I think is the way Jim Truman, founder of Red Roof Ends, used to put it. And uh, that's exactly what Ohio is doing now. And I thought it was extremely uh, telling that not only is Ohio State behind this, but that Gene Smith was at the press conference <laughs> to announce it because he was on that steering committee that the NCAA enacted, what, two and a half years ago, uh, 2019, 
to look into this to get this going. And here we are two years later, and it still isn't a, a piece of policy by the NCAA. They were, and I'll, you know, I'll give them credit. And uh, my guest coming on in a minute to kind of really get into the details of some of this stuff and the the ramifications that are coming. Attorney Luke Fedlam, you know, I've had him on my podcast a few few other times, and we talked about this uh, in depth a, a couple of times already. But uh, bottom line is, you everybody was sort of waiting for the national, uh, you know, government, the federal government, to enact something so that you you don't have a hodgepodge of different uh, legislations out there that maybe you can get away with this in this state, but you can't get away with it in that state, like Georgia. What uh, it's talking about an escrow account or something for 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 student athletes that they could enjoy after their uh, eligibility is done. Trying to stay under that NCAA amateur umbrella, but still letting them benefit. I mean, you know, that's not going to fly with somebody who's letting you have that, you know, those five hundred dollars or those five thousand dollars right now. Well, after a fifteen day waiting period, uh, Luke Fettel and I talk about that too, and it, it's interesting. He has an interesting take on that. You know, you know, you catch a touchdown pass one week. And you're a superhero and somebody wants to give you $10,000 to represent them. And the next week you drop the winning touchdown pass against Michigan, <laughs> <laughs> that your, your 15 uh, day window has gone open and closed all in a matter of a instant. But uh, yeah, there are all kinds of things that minutiae that need to be looked at in this, but it's just, in my opinion, just glad to see this glacier kind of pick up steam. Yeah. I don't want to steal uh, Luke Fedlam's thunder about this at all, but because that's coming. But there are several parts of that that you look at and you're comparing states or even just looking at Ohio's bill and you wonder, well, would this hold up to any scrutiny? Um, you know, I asked the, the state senator directly about, you know, the, the prohibition on uh, gambling, tobacco, marijuana, and alcohol yeah. for, for a 21-year-old, which is not everybody. Um, I'm not sure how you could keep them uh, from endorsing those things uh, as an adult who can consume them, especially if we're trending by the end of this year for gambling to be legalized in this state. Um, obviously, alcohol already is and tobacco. Uh, several chances, you know, that around the country, at least, that marijuana is. So I think that, you know, whether people agree with that or not, morality, you know, that I'm not a, I'm not arguing that one way or the other. I just I wonder, is that going to hold up to any kind of challenge for how you could keep a 21 year old for doing that, especially if they're playing for a college like, uh, you know, Colorado uh, Buffaloes already have a deal with the gambling uh, company. Uh, Ohio State itself has a deal with Coors Light uh, and their partnership. They're moving forward and they sell it in the horseshoe. So I just those things that you're working forward, they're trying to push this through on the emergency basis. You know, I wonder. That's why it's good to have a lawyer on who can explain that because to me, yeah, it'd be, it'd be difficult to uphold some of those restrictions. That will, that yeah, that will be the first challenge. I do believe some someone will come along and you know. And want want an athlete to say, forget Coors Light. Hey man, drink drink Bud Light. You know what I mean? I mean that's natural, right? And uh, busting through something to do it. I mean that's John Madden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that will be the first challenge I think to come along because if it's if something is legal in your state and you're of age, you know why can't you promote it? And uh, so that's interesting to me too, though. But you know the NFL has rules and regulations about what its players can and cannot uh, mm -hmm. be part of, and that's on the pro level. So uh, that's why coming down the road, the NCAA, when it finally gets around to passing this, uh, a, a similar kind of like rules package for this, it's going to be interesting to see what's in it. But, you know, if you still want to belong to the NCAA, 
and play under the auspices of the NCAA, you will have to follow their rules. That's, you know, and if you don't and you still want to do a beer commercial, well, good for you. Well, you know, go, you know, you're playing for the Columbus Matadors or something, uh, some amateur team out there or uh, semi-pro team. Good luck with that. You know, we've, we've all seen how far a star falls when it moves away from the galaxy that is uh, major college football and the big time schools are involved. Yeah. I think that uh, if anyone's not sure, Maurice Claret is still around to pick up his phone and let you know. Yeah, exactly. But you know, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with, with attorney Luke Fedlin, who always enjoy bringing on here. And like I said, he's been studying this, you know, for really going on decades and uh, is quite the expert in it and is, and has seen this glacier pick up, pick up um, uh, motion now. And, you know, once a glacier starts moving, you know, pretty, pretty soon you've got global warming and whatever, who knows where we're going. Right. But uh, without further ado, here's Luke Fedlin. That's promised, ladies and gentlemen, get, to get a reaction to this uh, uh, proposed legislation by State Senator Naraj Antani from uh, the 6th District of Ohio. Uh, I'm bringing back on my, my own expert, uh, Luke Fedlum, Attorney Luke Fedlum, who's been on my podcast a couple of times already to, to talk about this name, image, and likeness, the buildup to it, the reason there's been a push by some states to go ahead and get it done, even though the NCAA is still balked, the, the federal government or federal uh, House of Representatives, et cetera, has still not gotten there with it. The push is on and the glacier, it is a moving, right, uh, Luke? Oh, the glacier is definitely moving. And July 1st, you know, there are a lot of things that we can control in life. Time is not one of those things. July 1st is going to be here. And that's when we know at least six states as of right now are going to have their name, image, and likeness laws going into effect. And it, and I think this is, you know, as Senator Antoni said, uh, I mean, he didn't say it, but I'm paraphrasing. That's why you got to get with the program now, right? I mean, he's it, basically this emergency legislation is the way he's looking at it to get it approved and and uh, where these guys can these guys and gals can start taking advantage of by by July one. I mean, you know, just real quickly, are you impressed by this now that uh, someone has stepped to the plate and uh, and thrown this fastball? Well, listen, I think um, I, you know, I, I won't say that I'm impressed. Well, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you stepped onto the mound and thrown this fastball. I said he stepped <laughs> on the plate. Now go ahead. Yes, right. I mean, I think there are a couple of things. One, it's it's proposed legislation. Two, it still has to be voted and signed into law. Um, but also on top of that, listen, we have known, and I know I, I give all of our elected officials all the grace that I can that I can give because we've been dealing with, you know, a new administration at the federal level. We've been dealing with COVID, all these things. But we have known that July 1st, that Florida, when Florida kind of made the move to July 1st, that really set the date that, hey, other states, we got to do something. So I, I think it's great to see this here in Ohio um, because it's needed. And I think it's needed for the schools in Ohio to be able to compete from a recruiting perspective and a retention perspective. Don't forget, right? Transfer portal rules that if, you know, if, if, if student athletes in schools in Ohio uh, feel like they can go to another state and now they have the ability to have that one-time transfer without sitting out, that's it's big. So, yes, it was very important um, that the state got on board with it. Now, this is sort of like the start of the Kentucky Derby, but the but the horses are coming from different gates around Churchill Downs are not just coming out of the same gate, but they all want to get to the same starting line. If they, in fact, that's the correct. It may be the finish line is really the starting line uh, that's really been been building up for decades. Right. And uh, you've been on top of this. Look, and I'm, I'm just wondering in general. Uh, you know how you know the the, the legislation as you know proposed by uh, Senator Antoni, in essence, you know 
frees these student athletes up to go pursue different contracts, et cetera, with different people, allows them to have representation. As you and I have talked on this podcast before, that's vital to have somebody in your corner that knows what you're signing. Uh, it has a 15-day, for one of another term, moratorium or grace period when you enter into a contract before it can take effect. So it gives the schools a chance to uh, review it for one of another term uh, to see if there's any conflict with an existing contract that they have with, with somebody. And I'm just wondering, just in general of those things, I just pointed out, what, what would be your concern looking at it? Well, I tell you, I think a lot of what you just mentioned is what we've seen commonly across other states that have passed legislation, especially legislation that's going into effect this summer. Um, but the proof is in the pudding or rather the details of all of this and, and, and the nuances between states, the differences, that's where we really want to spend some time. So the idea of being able to hire uh, uh, or engage with advisors, counsel, attorneys, agents, whatever, um, that's pretty common. The ability to you know, um, you know, make money off of your name, image, and likeness, you know, without being stopped by the schools or the association. That's also common. One of the things that, that, that does stick out that's a little bit different with Ohio is this 15-day um, kind of period that you mentioned where they, they'll have to submit whatever contracts or before signing a contract, they would have to, have, you know, take 15 days so the school can review it. It's interesting because there's two sides to that story, right? And the way it's presented in terms of, hey, this gives the school the opportunity to review, you know, what a student athlete is signing or what they're engaging in. Critically important, right? We want to help make sure that student athletes aren't taken advantage of. But let's not forget the flip side of that coin, right? Which is to say that there are some student athletes, and, and we know, right? You and I, you know, we've talked to him about the elite of the elite athletes. They're going to have all these opportunities, you know, that are going to exist out there. We know that. But for those other athletes who maybe, you know, don't have a, a lot of opportunities in terms of their athletic performance, but they just so happen, let's say, to have an amazing play, right? That happens to make Sports Center top 10, right? And they have this finite period of time, this window where people want to engage with them or potentially use that video or, you know, be able to, um, you know, maximize the moment. And 15 days, we know in sports, 15 minutes might be too long, let alone yeah. 15 days, right? So, so that's one that causes me to, you know, wonder a little bit. But I think, you know, to your point earlier, there's, there's, there's still a long way to go in kind of all of this and seeing what, what things finally look like. But, but that's one of the things that I think stuck out to me a little bit as being a, a bit different than what we're seeing necessarily in some other states. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like a receiver can make this ridiculous great catch in the back of the end zone and win a game, you know, and, uh, and immediately, uh, you know, could have a deal or two coming his way. And before that gets finalized, he could drop a winning touchdown pass against Michigan. You know, right. and right. nobody wants to see that. You know, I, I saw that happen with a head coach at Ohio State, you know, uh, but <laughs> so, I won't name his name, but it was <laughs> pretty amazing how quickly the mob turns if you follow my drift. But, uh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, the other thing though is, but you as a, I would call you an advocate for this, right? You're, you've been an advocate for this and, and, by that, I mean an advocate who's also an expert. You've, you've kept up with things that are going on in the different states. So, for example, I think in Georgia's legislation, they're talking about uh, a possibly making it an escrow account, you know, or not escrow. What's the word? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, escrow makes sense, yeah, right? That yeah. They'll create like a trust or some trust for yeah. account. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm not sure how that's going to fly, you know, because most people want 
they're not looking past tomorrow. They're looking for where can I go and spend my money tonight, you know, but uh, you know, he's, are you, are you glad finally to see this happening? And, and do you expect it to be a rush now from several other States? I mean, no matter what the NCAA does or doesn't get done by July one. Well, you know, it's a, that's a, it's a, it's a really good question. That's why you get paid the big bucks, Tim. I, I think it's a little bit more complex, right. In, yeah. in the sense that, I was happy to see when California first passed this bill 206 into law, they made it go into effect in 2023 saying, Hey, student athletes are going to be able to be, you know, compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness. And this, I was very happy to see that, right? Because I'm not talking about pay for play or, Hey, just because you're on a team, you get to get compensated. You, you get to make money, right? No, but it's this idea of equality and fairness that if you have the ability to go, you know, get a, a marketing deal or an endorsement deal or some some other way be able to make money like your non-athlete, you know, student counterparts at school can do and have been able to do, then you should be able to do that. So that is what excites me about this, this move. What has been, I think, scary um, for all who have been following this is really just how how this has kind of all fallen apart and or been lost over the last kind of year and a half, two years. We knew we knew that once one state passed this into law, that this was going to have to be something to be dealt with. Yeah. And so we know that the NCAA had its working group. So granted, obviously, the beginning of the year, the Department of Justice kind of put the brakes on that. Um, we've got us, you know, we're still waiting on the Supreme Court to come out with their um, decision in, in a particular case, NCAA versus Austin, that, that may or may not impact this. But the idea that we have multiple states now, right, that are all coming out with their their own, you know, name, image, and likeness legislation that really creates this patchwork quilt of name, image, and likeness rights, right? Like we said, you know, earlier, the, the general consensus is, yes, student-athletes, we, we're going to pass this legislation so we don't lose out on recruiting, and student-athletes can, yes, start to earn money off of their name, image, and likeness, but the unique differences, that in and of itself will create recruiting, you know, uh, advantages and disadvantages, right? Yep. So, so from that perspective, I think it's... Um, it, it's yes, I think many people are happy to see this and happy to see that states are getting on board. I think what what is going to happen from states all kind of getting on board with this and passing this type of emergency or quick legislation is we're going to see one of two things or both, likely both. I, I think the federal government is going to come out with federal legislation in the very near future that is going to be balanced between what we've seen come out from um, you know, some on the more kind of liberal side of granting student athletes all the rights and all the opportunities to do things and, and uh, others, you know, that, that are on the conservative side that say maybe are more in favor of the NCAA's rights and all of this. So I think we're going to see some balanced legislation, um, had some conversations with some folks ab about this that I think we're going to see that come out relatively soon. And we know that the NCAA is meeting again uh, later in June, 22nd, 23rd of June. Yep. Um, and having some conversation where they may actually take up voting on name, image, and likeness at that meeting. So this, what we're seeing right now is a requirement. The state of Ohio had to come out with some legislation just to hedge the possibility of losing potential recruits, you know, as well as uh, losing potential existing student athletes to the transfer portal um, in order to compete with the other states that have, that have passed legislation and that are also in the process of passing legislation. Yeah, man, the pump station on that transfer portal is just getting revved up. You know, you can almost hear it. Uh, Absolutely. I want to ask you a question. You know, you're immersed in the law. I mean, you, 
you're an expert. Uh, well, at least you claim to be an expert. I'm messing with you. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm glad that you called me an expert. I'll, listen, I'll take it. I'm just somebody that's out here that cares about what he does and tries to do the right thing. Luke, why does there have to be legislation? Why does there have to be a law either on the state or federal level for this to happen? Why, why, why couldn't, like, well, the NCAA could have come out years ago and said, okay, you know, you can do all this stuff. I mean, uh, or Ohio State could have said, you know what? To heck with the NCAA. We're going to let our guys have name, image, and likeness, uh, rights, et cetera. Explain to people why there needs to be a law. I mean, when you think of all the laws on the books, you know, this is like just saying, sort of like saying the sun is hot. Yes, the sun is hot. You may take advantage of the sun. Go ahead now. Yeah. So um, it's a really good question. It, it really comes from the fact that the NCAA didn't do anything, right? Yeah. I mean, the NCAA has had years where they could have said, hey, student athletes, you're not going to get paid to play. But if you want to go out there, if you have the opportunity for somebody to pay you some money, go do it, right? Um, as long as it follows our rules. They could have done that over the past number of decades. They, they didn't. So ultimately, it took a state saying, hey, this is, we're going to make this law. And that was California. We're going to make this law to say, you know, our law is going to supersede the NCAA rules, right? So therefore, this is going to make a change. That being said, um, when you now think about it, it's like, okay, so if one state does it, then another state does it, and they do something a little different, and another, and another. Now it's just like, okay, federal government, like, you, you've got to get involved here um, for a couple of reasons. And, and I'll, be, I'll be balanced in this analysis, right? I mean, the, the, the federal government is going to need to be involved even just to protect the NCAA, if the NCAA is going to continue to exist as it is today, right? Because yeah. otherwise, there's going to have to be preemption. There's going to have to be protection from the various state laws. Otherwise, we're not going to have this common operating association, you know, where there's balance and equity among the competition. Ohio State or any other school at any time could say, we're going to leave the NCAA, right? But if they do that, who are they competing against? Because yeah. for championships, the NCAA is responsible for the championships, right? And then the conferences are going to decide, well, if you're not in the NCAA, a part of the NCAA, are you really a part of our conference? And so you know, could, could you see that? And, and I know this is a conversation for a whole other podcast, but something we could see that would be along those lines is if, what if, you know, power five football programs, just the football program said, Hey, instead of being under the NCAA, we're going to be under college football playoff or some other, you know, organization that's going to set the rules just for football because the NCAA is not responsible for the football championship anymore. So, yeah. you know, this could happen or this could have happened over the past years. It just hasn't happened. And therefore, in the absence of that, once one state stepped in, now everybody has to step in and, and deal with it. And you know what Gene Smith pointed out, you know, in the press conference we attended uh, with Senator Antoni and him, and I think it was interesting that Gene Smith was there, you know. I mean, meaning Ohio State is behind this all the way. Uh, that uh, there was a, a move way back in 2001 to get something going on name, image, and likeness. But uh, as he pointed out, the members, many of the members, I'm talking about the NCAA, were not interested, you know, just kept pushing it off the burner until now all of a sudden, you know, for one of another terms, a little, little bit of a grease fire going on here. You know, the stove, yeah. the stove yeah. has been building up and uh, there's a little bit of a grease fire going here. And, uh, and I, you know, I give Gene Smith and Ohio State, I give them credit for stepping up there. I don't know about you. Where do you fall on that? Go ahead. Well, I, yeah, I do. I do give them credit. Absolutely. I mean, I think, and, and what, I, what I love about the way Gene approaches it is, he, he's really thoughtful, right? He's been part of the national, you know, kind of working group. He's part of the legislative working group. Like he's thoughtful in terms of both 
How do we protect the institution and the NCAA, but also give our student athletes who come to Ohio State because of the opportunities, right? I mean, Ohio State sells the opportunities in recruiting. So, you know, how do we also make sure we provide them with opportunities? But I'll say one thing, 2001, you, you bring that up. Think about how different things are right now, 20 years later, yeah. right? Because 20 years ago, and, and, you know, I was early, I, I just kind of started in my career and, and social media wasn't a thing, right? So when you think about student athletes and possibly getting compensated back then, we're not talking about what we're talking about now. Now we're talking about situations where a student athlete who isn't necessarily the elite of the elite, but who has a following or who, who you know, does something that goes viral. I don't know when that phrase started, but it, it, I know it was after 2001. Yeah. Right? When those things happen, those student athletes, right, who maybe aren't the, the big, the quarterbacks, the, the star basketball players or whatever, right, they're the ones now that can say, hey, I did something really cool and people want to associate their brand with me. And now I can make some money, even if that's sending out some social media posts or what have you. So I think it really is a different time now. And I think it is most definitely the right time to come up with what the solution is for allowing student athletes to earn this compensation. Yeah. And, you know, the bottom line is it, either way, it's, you know, it's going to promote their, them and their brand. I'm talking about the student athlete, whether it's a high state football player or a, uh, you know, high state women's hockey player, like I had Tatum Skaggs on uh, outgoing senior. She wasn't really, she wasn't really on that, that much on board with this idea because she thinks, you know, getting a scholarship and uh, the benefits she's gotten from Ohio State were pretty, pretty damn good, you know, looking back on it, you know, and we're looking at, I mean, I think most people are looking at it on, on how the high profile guy like a Justin Fields or a, a Trey Sermon last year after the Northwestern game or a big time basketball player is going to benefit and it really, the ones who could really benefit from this based on going from zero to 60, you know, as opposed to 60 to 90. <laughs> might be these uh what they call olympic sport athletes right i mean who can yes. get a little deal here and there absolutely and and the thing is is that a lot of times people will think about name image and likeness as getting a deal or getting a marketing opportunity and that yes that is included and that's part of it but the other part of it is is that student athletes can start to do other things right if you were if you um have the ability to you know, sing music, right? Or design clothes or do these other things, right? Write a book or what have you. Like you're able to then earn compensation for that talent that you have that may have nothing to do with your sport, but it's just that you're also really good at diving or synchronized swimming or basketball or whatever that pistol, whatever that might be. So this name, <laughs> image, and likeness is so much more than just the endorsement deals. And that's why I think it's important for student athletes. Yeah, pistol, the pistol team. I wish I could be on that team, man. Right. Did you come fully loaded today? Uh, but no, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, they could have a deal with Remington. You know, you know, I mean, I mean, right on down the line, you could see the possibilities and you just point out they could teach at camps and be be remunerated, say that three times, uh, over and above, maybe just, you know, the expense to get there and back. I mean, you know, people, when they, when they trade on that, on that person being there, that's trading on their name, image, or likeness. And it's, yeah, there are all kinds of ways these, uh, Olympic sport for one of another term, which we all, we, you know, we all know the, what was the skier's name? Bodie. Uh, anyway, wanted to play, also played football, I think at Colorado and wanted to trade on like you're talking about the, the endorsements he got for being an Olympic skier, which had nothing to do with him being a football player and was denied that, you know, I mean, 
that person now can, can trade on that. You know, and everybody wants to look back in the past now. And remember Braxton Miller had that deal with one of those mail-in order things or whatever, where you could get online and order shampoo or whatever, you know what I mean? Those kind mm -hmm. of things. Those will all be legal now too, right? I mean, basically. Uh, and it, But everybody wants to look back now and look at how everybody got messed over. But I like to say, you know, that's the price, you know, that you pay to get to this point, right? I mean, right. Uh, can't really be too retrospective on this when you got everything ahead of you. That's right. And, and I think, you know, part of it is we have to remember, right, that, that school, colleges, universities, they're, they're also there to prepare their students, all their students, athletes, non-athletes alike, right, for life after college, right, whatever that may entail. And when you think about it for, for student athletes to actually now be in this place where I can learn some of these skills, I can learn the business side of all this while I'm still in school, I've got professors in the business school, you know, for marketing, digital storytelling, whatever I've got, you know, outside experts that are coming in and talking to us about this business side, I've got, you know, all this, it, it, maybe it creates this environment that we're also helping student athletes who may otherwise not care about a business course now be really interested in it because now I can see how this applies to me today. I, I can leave this class with some information now that I can put to use for myself today. And I think when we think about just kind of the overall utility of education and the importance of education, I think that's that part can't be lost in all of this as well. Yeah. You know, and Gene Smith brought that up during the press conference about how you can, you know, don't just be looking for that quick buck necessarily for a, soda soda drink commercial or something like that you can have hookups with like if you're into like medical research or uh you can have hookups with companies now that they can possibly pay you a stipend and kind of promotes them but it also gets you a hookup for down the road 10 15 years from now that can get you in your foot in the door right i mean that's what you're talking about internships jobs shadowing and, and that's one of the things when we talk to student athletes it's like hey listen when name image and likeness is here part of it's going to be thinking about how does this impact you know, my, my career planning, how does this impact life after school, right? We talk a lot about decision-making, the importance of decision-making. And when you think about that, I mean, now it's like, okay, you meet a brand because they want to somehow associate with you. Well, what about having the conversation around, okay, shadowing opportunities, internship opportunities, right? You know, being able to understand how I could potentially do this once I graduate or whatnot, those kind of things, those are opportunities going to be, that are going to be there. However, let's also, I don't want it to come across to your listeners, because I know you've got some intelligent listeners on this. I don't want it to come across like, hey, this is all going to be, you know, sunshine and roses, right? Like, we also know that they're, and that's why Ohio State put, wants to have, you know, strategy around, um, or the state legislature wants to have strategy around how does, you know, how does this rule, how does this legislation work to protect student athletes? Because yeah. there will be people who want to come in. And you know, find ways around the rules, or try to take advantage of student athletes, or or benefit off of the student athlete, you know, to the student athlete's detriment. That's going to exist as well, and so we got to be mindful of that. And it goes back, you know, like like we were talking about a while ago, the 15-day rule, which may preclude you from getting an immediate uh, benefit from making a great catch in the uh, falling into the left field stands, you know, uh, but also could protect you, you know. And I'm interested to see how they really do. You and I talked about this on an earlier podcast, how they really do, uh, in essence, protect them, how far they can go without, number one, breaking this law, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then also helping them make the, the right choices. And the, the way it was kind of portrayed in the press conferences, it's more of like just giving advice, I mean, steering and advice. And of course, if you go ahead and make a, a deal with a company or something that goes against some of the uh, 
things that are laid down in terms of conflict with the university or something like that, you know, they, they would still have, I think, the right to, if you want to go ahead and go with it, you know, to preclude, to keep you from competing and or revoking your scholarship, whatever it takes, you know, but like they said, none of this is going to like take away from the value of your scholarship, which I think is also just as important. If you're, whether you're making $10,000 a year or $100,000 a year out of one of these things, uh, it's not going to change the value of your, of your uh, scholarship. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's really important. Um, and, and it's good to, to kind of hear that. The other piece I think that's a big challenge in all of this is how do you monitor it? Yeah. Right? Like really, and, and that's one that I know the NCAA is struggling with. I know schools are struggling with because they're looking to the NCAA for some guidance. And then, you know, we've got the federal, you know, there have been very various uh, federal bills that have been, you know, brought forward. They talk about different organizations, either governmental organizations or others uh, being created to help oversee and monitor this. So let's think about this. During that 15-day uh, period that, that they talk about in the, in the legis proposed legislation here in Ohio, that 15 days, is the school going to be able to look at that and say, hey, this is really a bad deal for you. Like, this doesn't work. Like, you should not sign this, right? Because they're not going to go down that path because of the liability exposure to their organizations, to their institutions. So yeah. it's really going to be more of, we want to make sure we have this on file and we want to make sure that it checks our boxes as in it doesn't conflict with one of our existing sponsors or, or what have you. So, so let's, let's be honest. And maybe that time, right, will then allow a student athlete to seek some outside guidance um, and, and understanding as to whether or not, you know, what are the pros and cons, the risks associated with signing that agreement? Because the school is not going to be able to say, oh, yes, you should do this or no, don't do this deal, right? Yeah. Um, unless it, you know, obviously violates one of their, you know, kind of one of their um, requirements. Yeah. Hey, last thing I wanted to ask you, you know, I'm not sure we're looking at a free cars for all, you know, <laughs> kind of situation. <laughs> Who knows? Could be uh, yeah. whatever. What do you give me your sense? Because you and I talked about this before. Uh, there, there probably will be a great flurry when this July one in these states that are that are opening the doors to this but it'll settle down, right? I think it'll settle, the marketplace will settle it down because final analysis, businesses aren't gonna just give you money just for the fun of it. You know, they have to see a return one way or the other uh, to help their bottom line. But uh, what do you anticipate, like just an Ohio State starting quarterback, for example, won't name names. What do you anticipate them really realizing from something like this? Luke, I know you've thought about it a little bit. You don't necessarily, you maybe give me a ballpark figure, but more of what should they expect, I guess? How many knocks on the door should they expect? Yeah, the one thing I think that's important is when you're analyzing this kind of stuff, there's really two, two pieces that are um, very important that play into answering that question. One is the platform, the actual school itself, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, Ohio State has a following, has a brand that has incredible value. Um, and then on the flip side, you've got the actual athlete themselves, right? And so whatever school it is, beyond Ohio State, if we're talking about Akron, if we're talking about Kentucky, if we're talking about Alabama, whatever the school is, there's going to be this combination of what is this, what is the school's platform that, that they're kind of giving to the student athlete? Um, and then what is that athlete doing and, and whatnot? For when you think, when you bring up the question about a quarterback, it all comes back to performance, right? Because if you're, if you're building it based on, hey, what could a student athlete make based on their, you know, based on their brand, their name, image, and likeness, a lot of it's going to be on performance. Because like you said earlier, 
right? If you're, if you're stinking up the field, if you're stinking up the game and not really doing it, um, fans will let you know, as we've seen, right? Which is a whole other component to name, image, and likeness that's going to be playing a role. Um, and so, and, and so our brand's going to want to associate necessarily, right? Yeah. Um, so to, to give you just a, a straight kind of answer is, is difficult. What I can say though is, most analysts have said for starting quarterbacks at large, you know, we're talking about big programs like an Ohio State, like a Clemson and beyond, you know, then quarterbacks that are performing and are, you know, potentially competing for Heisman, et cetera, they could very easily be in that million dollar range um, in terms of, you know, earning potential for off the field name, image and likeness type of deals. What is interesting, and I don't want to get too crazy down a rabbit hole though, is when we talk about athletes and pick any, let's if we want to stick with football, if you pick any uh, projected first round pick in an NFL draft and you kind of go back a year where it's like, Hey, this is probably their yet last year. Then they're going to go pro. You can pretty much look at that and say, okay, we can figure out what their uh, marketing opportunities will be once they go pro. And so with that, we could say, okay, now bring that forward a year, right. While they're still in school, um, and in that regard, you can start to see that, that the numbers can, can add up pretty quick, um, especially yeah. for when it's based on an athlete and their performance, their, their name and brand recognition as a performer on the field uh, or on the basketball court. Um, we're going to see, because we have enough data to show what a first round basketball pick could expect in you know, first year marketing endorsement deals, what a first round football player could expect in marketing opportunities. That's going to be interesting, and it'll be very interesting. And this is some some of my kind of legal brain who deals with this at the pro level, and will likely get involved, you know, at the college level too. Is at the pro level, you have a lot of players who get marketing advances as soon as they declare for the draft. So if you get a marketing advance, right, because we know that you're going to get this, you're going to earn this, you know, over the next whatever year, two years, or what have you. Does that start to play a role now, right? In at the college level, where are they going to, you know, thinking about federal legislation or thinking about NCAA rulemaking? Are they going to allow for athletes to get an advance on marketing? Um, they come that's for marketing that they don't even do. So now it's like a check in the pocket of an athlete who actually hasn't done anything because it's an advance on what their future are going to earn. So yeah. a lot of questions um, that I think will have to play out. But you you are absolutely right, Tim. This next six months to a year is going to be filled with um, a lot of questions, potentially chaos um, in terms of figuring everything out. But I think at a certain point, it'll right size itself. Um, but I think it's going to take a while to get there. Yeah, I'm just uh, waiting for that day when, uh, let's say, big time basketball player Jim Bob Shotmaker shows up late for practice. Coach goes, where have you been? Well, I was the photo shoot ran long. We had some delays. I'm waiting for that first thing to you know we talked about a glacier moving i'm waiting for the avalanche you know it's gonna it's it's gonna be this is an interesting time you know urban wire you know he was more interested in going to the nfl i think he was in going back to college and a lot of it was a lot of it was because of what what's coming down the road it, it is an interesting truck coming down the road isn't it it is and, and it's gonna affect everybody it's gonna affect schools and institutions it's gonna affect athletic administrators most definitely gonna affect compliance Obviously, it's going to affect your student athletes. It's going, to, it's going to affect coaches too. And let's not forget the parents as well, right? Because parents oftentimes are one of the first people that student athletes will turn to to say, hey, what should I do here? And, and parents are going, to, are going to need to get this education as well. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there, there's a lot going on and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, I know one thing. I know who I'm going to call for advice. It's going to be better call Luke Fedlam. 
Luke Fellum, <laughs> I really appreciate this, man. You've immersed yourself in this for years. It's finally coming to fruition locally, at least in, in terms of Ohio State. And man, I love having an expert like you come on the Tim May podcast. Hey, Tim, man. Listen, I always love coming on. Anytime you need me, just let me know, man. Yeah, I like the work you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you, my man. Absolutely. Take care. You know, uh, awesome. As uh, Attorney Luke Fedlin pointed out in that conversation, you know, there are a lot of questions that have been answered, but there are a lot more questions coming down the road with all this. You know, I, I just keep thinking back to the podcast I had with Jack Sawyer last year, uh, opted not to play high school football because of uh, his senior year because of the COVID situation. We saw him in the spring, man. I mean, if he could have gotten an endorsement deal right after the spring game, you know, he might be ahead of the quarterbacks right now. But he was talking about this on my podcast about how name, image, and likeness, the ability to make to make money and, and build your brand, and more than anything else, build your brand at Ohio State, was already on his mind when he was in high school. I mean, it's not like a lot of these uh, student athletes are going to be brought kicking and screaming into this. You know, them and their families and maybe some of their, uh, you know, uh, advisors have already been have already been talking about this and they're probably ready to pounce as soon as this thing if in fact this thing gets passed uh, and is enacted by July 1 they're ready to, to move on it and I would say that Ohio State has been preparing for this inevitability for a while it, even if it's only specific to the football program whereas you know I think you and I both have known Gene Smith long enough to to say he wasn't gung-ho the whole time about moving in this direction still never wanted schools to be paying the athletes directly, which is obviously the, the major conflict between the NCAA and name, image, and likeness was that they didn't want to be, you know, walking down that path. But yeah. the football program itself, you know, it knows what its competitors are up to. The, you know, they, and they had helped set the standard in some respects with the brand new, uh, you know, program that Sammy Silverman was doing for a long time and getting that ball rolling and helping these guys set up their, you know, social media accounts and, and incorporating logos and brainstorming ideas for what they may want to do, whether it's clothing line or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever Sam Hubbard is up to uh, with his professional, you know, desires and goals and degrees. And, you know, all these guys had that available to them. Now it's not just uh, uh, something that they can kick around in theory. It will go directly uh, into practice and, and will be part of them being on, flyers to go sign autographs or sure. come hang out with us at roosters or whatever else. But, um, you know, so Ohio state has known specific in the football program and basketball, maybe to a lesser extent that this was something that they had to be prepared for, because if you just had six weeks notice, you're not, you're going to be way behind. I think the writing has been on the wall long enough to know that you had to embrace this or else you weren't going to be able to compete anymore. Do you think a 15 piece order of rank order of wings, uh, uh, will be enough to satisfy um, their situation when they want to come on Roosters, the Roosters uh, live show with you, with you guys, or maybe come on my podcast. What do you think? We think we're looking at here. Well, uh, I would love to find out how many wings some of these uh, offensive linemen who have no real, no real caloric uh, restrictions. Uh, let's see what they can come down to do. Cause I know Nicole Cox will take care of whatever they want to eat whenever they're ready, whenever we're allowed to welcome them in. Um, I feel pretty comfortable saying that they will have as many wings available as they could possibly eat. My wife's go-to. She likes the uh, Caesar salad sometimes with chicken on it. I like, uh, I like the, what's it called? The red rooster salad uh, with extra um, uh, egg and bacon. Bottom line is I think the chicken quesadilla there is to die for. I'm not just doing a commercial. My point is 
They're going to be guys. They're going to be young men who are going to be asked to do commercials. I could see a deal, for example, of the whole starting offensive line getting a deal. You know what I mean? Remember, like the Hogs at uh, with the Washington Red. Well, excuse me, the Washington Football Club used to be the Redskins. You know, when they were all famous and stuff, going out together, doing different deals. We saw the Chicago Bears way back in '85. You know, the the Chicago Shuffle or whatever that was called. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, right on down the line, you can see all the possibilities coming. But I'm I'm with. I'm interested to get your take on this. Can we talk about this briefly after the press conference on Monday that featured uh, Senator Antoni and, uh, and Athletic Director Gene Smith? Is I think there's going to be a flurry of activity to begin with as companies try to get maybe involved or causes try to get involved. And I mean, by flurry, I mean maybe for a year or two till the dust settles and companies try to realize what benefit am I getting from this deal with this athlete you know, or these athletes? But you do, don't you expect the same thing? Yeah, so I, I think I may be uh, in the minority with this perspective. Um, just, and I don't know every business owner across the country. I don't know everyone in Columbus. I know a few that are pretty heavily involved with Ohio State. And I think that it's the impact of this in terms of what it means for recruiting or even a you know freshman, sophomore breakout. I think that it to alter the competitive landscape, I don't think that that is what we're talking. I don't think that's a realistic outcome or a real concern. Um, I don't believe the people that I've been around are going to start throwing around a million dollars for an 18 year old kid who may or may not sign with a program. Um, I, the flip side is, and this is, I think, what you're getting to where the flurry initially, we've seen Phil Knight with Oregon, uh, we've seen uh, with, yeah, with Oklahoma State. We've seen Maryland to a lesser extent with Under Armour try to, you know, influx, put this huge influx of cash to try and upgrade a program and make it more competitive. And the results have been different. Oregon can sustain it permanently because of Phil Knight. Um, maybe Oklahoma State could have, but there's a limit to what you can buy and how, how appealing that will still be if you can't provide everything else that comes with consistently playing for a championship, getting to the NFL high-level coaching, I think it's not proven that it works to just drop a bunch of money and then, boom, you're an instant contender. Um, so that's why this helps the people who are already established, in my opinion, and it won't change the competitive landscape. Um, Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson, uh, you know, Texas, they're in position to capitalize on this the way nobody else really is. And they're all in, you know, it's not that they're uh, just going to rely solely on booster cash, which is you know, may help and it may tip a few recruitments, but by and large, businesses are not going to want to be involved with the high school players and they're not going to want to be involved with the entire football roster even. Right. Um, so that's, I think, you know, the other part of this that you brought up and I'll, I'll tag out to you on that. Like Chicago is not going to suddenly turn Northwestern into a contender. There's still more people, even before Justin Fields became a bear, that knew who he was in Chicago uh, or Atlanta uh, than care about Northwestern football or Georgia Tech football. Wait so, a minute, Northwestern is Chicago's Big Ten team. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah you can call. They can you know they can call themselves that if they want to, but it won't make it true. And so I just don't. That's been the other part of it is our big cities going to turn you know some of these programs into contenders uh, overnight? And I just I you know. No, because Vanderbilt is in Nashville doesn't mean that it's suddenly going to become more profitable or or uh, productive for 
somebody to go play for the Commodores. That's yeah, and, you know, as we know, I mean, uh, you know, some of the parts of the legislation and some of the rules are going to be coming in NCAA is if someone is a recognized booster of your program, of your, of your college, of your university or your athletics program, that may preclude them from having a deal with yeah. a player uh, that's separate from their deal. Uh, it would have to obviously be separate, but then they said there's, you know, there, there would have to be conversations then because they don't want the player deal possibly cutting into their deal. I mean, you can understand that. That makes common sense. It makes total sense. But here's what Coach and Coach uh, Attorney Luke Fedlin pointed out too. I mean, uh, when do you go, like if you're a big time major corporation, when do you go from recognizing Justin Fields a year ago yeah. as to what he's going to be worth to you if you hook up with him uh, into his pro career? Uh, what you know, it would be it would behoove you to maybe get a deal with him going into his last year in college, which could be carry him on into the pro career. I mean, see, all these things, everything sounds really good until you really get into the minutiae, and they're all gonna all it's all gonna come down to the the cash involved. Like Luke Fedlum said, you know, what he's seen in some research is you know, a starting quarterback at a big time school theoretically could be worth about a million bucks, you know, when you think about what they possibly could make if the season goes the right way. Uh, if their stats go the right way, uh, all, all these things that you, we haven't seen yet. That's why I'm thinking there's going to be a flurry until everything kind of settles. And then you kind of go, a company goes, well, wait a minute, this really wasn't worth our, wasn't worth it to have a deal with the hogs. You know, let's just go for the big time guy. You know, you may see two or three guys benefiting everybody else. Like you said, sitting there hoping for a handout in the locker room for practice starts. If in fact that player has shown up from his photo shoot, <laughs> practice starts i'm telling you you can well, see it coming are, man and again you're making a great point about it tim is that the nobody knows for sure um you know my my hypothesis here could be could be wrong yeah it makes sense to buy up the whole roster and do that every year and be heavily involved in recruiting but the point I you're making the point you're making i'm interrupting i know people get mad at me but your point you're breaking is this you should have the right to have a name, image, and likeness, you should have a right to pursue that. Is is basically what this is about, right? Right. the 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 athletes should have that, and the market should be able to decide that. No one's going to force uh, Buyers Auto to strike up a deal with the quarterback, and you know, that's not going to be how this works. And you may well have businesses in uh, I don't know Tuscaloosa, Alabama, that are that are more willing to make those deals. That could happen. I don't know, but all those people became successful for a reason. And it's not because they were just willing to yeah. flush away, flush away money. Yeah. You know, that's not how you build a successful business. So I think that that's important to keep in mind is that I know that I've been asked about this a number of times. And so have you, Tim, that this must mean that the sky is falling on, on the NCAA and amateurism and, and none of the stuff is going to ever be the same again. The recruiting is going to be upside down. And I, I don't think that it will change anything on the competitive landscape other than it will benefit the student athletes and it may entice them to stay longer. If somebody is on the fence about, you know, wanting to declare, declare for the NFL draft and they put in three or four years, Hey, you know, rather than take the gamble on that and go into a camp, there may be an opportunity where uh, you have a sure thing by sticking around. You may be more marketable uh, wearing scarlet and gray or, or crimson yeah. and cream or whatever else. I mean, that, that may be what tips, some of it for the athletes, but again, that they should have always had the option for that, in my opinion. Uh, and now they will, but in terms of 
five-star recruitments and and some schools only getting it guess what only six of them them are doing it right now yes yeah. that's not going to change because those six brands are about to become even more lucrative yes they are i mean people love a winner and that goes for businesses they love being associated with a winner whatever it takes and you know the thing is you can get a better deal probably if you associate yourself with starting quarterback a or you you know you think it's going to be a i think it might be b or c no i'm just joking i won't get into that that's a different but you, but different you may brand. get more bang for your buck being associated with starting quarterback a than doing a deal with the university you know well, here's some <laughs> See, that's what's that's what's that that's where we're really going with this i mean follow the money is what's going to it's going to be all about go ahead yeah let me interrupt i'm talking you. about on the big time level go ahead but the you know two years ago three years ago the person who was most marketable for Ohio State was not their starting quarterback. It was Tate Martell because of, you know, going being on the Netflix series, because of his huge social media following, some of it organic, some of it purchased, doesn't matter. Um, the place where there's the most opportunity for these players, and this is why it doesn't apply to just football, is their social media account. The amount that you can make, you know, selling a sponsored post on inter- Instagram and Twitter for some of these you know, people that have huge followings, that's massive. I mean, yeah. that's why Cardell Jones is still doing it. If you have a Twitter feed and you haven't seen Cardell eating Chipotle or, you know, doing a number of other things, he's got a million Twitter followers. He, he has an account and a reach that is incredibly valued. And not every kid is going to have that. Right. But sometimes you'll see it with, with um, you know, student athletes who've built that up for whatever reason. Maybe it's they, they make good jokes. Maybe they crack music. Maybe they do funny TikToks, you know, I don't know. It, it, none of it all makes sense to me. I'm getting, I'm getting past that window of, of knowing what makes something viral and, and whatever, but you know, that that's where a volleyball player or a golf, a golf athlete could be on even footing and uh, could strike a deal just to sell social media posts. So yeah, uh, that's something that would have been a massive benefit for Tate Martell um, you know, Justin Fields, as soon as he became an Ohio state quarterback or a five-star quarterback, even at Georgia, you know, his followers started growing, but that's where I think you'll see, you know, the biggest benefit for them. Agreed. Social media and not, you know, a car dealership and not, a, not a booster, not this stuff that I don't believe that those businesses will be as involved as social media aspects. Oh, I agree. I mean, I think you can become a personality. I mean, like you said, an attractive person, I mean, Drew, Drew Christman flipping his water bottles, you know, yeah, and everything yeah. that brought, I mean, no, that's, that's what's great about this is like we talked about the non-revenue, non-revenue sports, yeah, Olympic sports, whatever you call them, they can do the same thing. Tatum Skaggs, I had her on my podcast here several several weeks ago, you know, former, uh, basically completed her hockey career at Ohio State, was a really good personality, uh, you know, attractive. I mean, everything you want. I mean, great spokesman. And uh, she could have, but she was like, sort of like not really that on board with the name, image, and likeness thing because she thought what she got from Ohio State basically compensated for what she gave Ohio State. You know, I mean, talking about, talking about from a scholarship and things like that. So, you know, everybody, even the athletes are going to have different looks at this. Some of them aren't going to want to be selling out to, not selling out the wrong term, but being affiliated with something just for the quick buck, et cetera. But you're right, it'll, it allows like a, you know, BB, I mean, <laughs> what kind of money could he have made at Ohio state with that cowboy hat on and BB uh, uh, Landers, uh, you know, and, and just his personality just was bubbling and whether he ever gets a shot in the NFL remains to be seen. But at that time in his life, when he was 
really, I think, a great, attractive personality and a guy you were interested in hearing from, no matter whether he was starting or what he was doing, he lost that he lost that shot. The guys coming up now will get that shot. Yeah, and you know the part that they will have to be on guard for. This is this is pretty out of left field, but the, there's a new Disney Plus series, the one with John Stamos, where he's coaching basketball and high school girls. One of the storylines is a player has a massive Instagram following. She gets a deal with a makeup company or something. I don't remember exactly what it is, and then they get that company gets looped into some like exploitive labor situation. Well, that reflects poorly on, on the kid. You have to make smart deals, okay? Yeah. Uh, that was a very bad way of segueing into this, although I, I just saw that and been watching it with Allie. And it, great, it, great example. Pops into my mind because one thing that both, you know, Gene Smith and the State Center were talking about was education about what you're going to do because you may well have 10, 20, 100 people reaching out to do social media ads or to come do an appearance around columbus or, or tuscaloosa or knoxville or wherever well not only does ohio state secretly want you to protect their brand but if you want to be a future nfl player uh you know still want to keep your your spot on the roster well you don't want to be dealing with some of this outside stuff because you made a, a bad decision to take that money so that's the part of it now again great that the student athletes get to make that decision for themselves they should but with that now becomes the responsibility of managing it correctly. And I'm not saying that they can or can't, but you know that there's going to be, you know, ad campaigns that might reflect poorly on someone who takes part of it. That's again, probably why uh, it was in this bill that they didn't want them to be involved with some of the stuff that's moral gray area for people. Um, you know, I, I understand, I certainly understand that um, at least from the university perspective, but yeah. uh, you know, that those are the things that now come into play. That's the next wave of this. How do you manage your time if somebody wants to do an appearance and you need to be at, at a you know 6 a.m. lift session? Um, these are yeah. adult adult responsibilities that are now going to be on their plate, which they should be. Again, should be. Yeah. But now you have to figure out how to do that on your own. Yeah, I mean, and they're going to be they're going to be stumbles, man. They're going to be stumbles along the way. I can just see though, uh, you know, April 14th next year, um, you know, uh, this real life Wednesday brought to you by TurboTax, you know, because. <laughs> You know, like Gene said, how many of these guys have even done a tax return in their life? And uh, you, you know, watch out how complicated you make your life, man, because uh, somebody's always watching, and uh, and they have audit abilities, capabilities. But I digress. You know, yeah, I'm just you know, you know I talk, talk about we sat there and talked to an assistant coach at Ohio State one time in the hall, just talking about that very thing. You know, hey, hey, coach, sorry I'm late. You know, I had a photo shoot that ran long. You know, now what do you do if he's your star? You know, what what happens? All the, you know, that's why Urban Myers, I talked to Luke Fettel, that's why Urban Myers at the Jacksonville Jaguars and probably not at the University of Texas. I mean, you, you know. Not probably. Yeah. Definitely. Probably exactly the reason. Probably exactly <laughs> almost. But, yeah, I mean, these coaches, I mean, Ryan Day, man, you know, you think he's got an easy, cushy job. No, no way. And it just gets, it's going to get tougher. But you know what? Uh, appreciate you coming on again. Awesome. Uh, flying this airplane we were about to come in for our landing uh anything else you want to get off your off your mind before we uh touch down no i was i was just going to say i think that that's one reason why you might have seen if you had asked coaches would you rather give them everyone on your roster 10 15 20 000 and make them employees or would you rather have them all have this open market i think in this case you would have seen them all say give me that fifteen thousand 
and control over their time yep. rather than all the other things that this now opens up. But, you know, again, that's restrictive. Uh, the NCAA has been losing that fight for a long time. Um, it wasn't going to be able to hold up any longer and they didn't want the, there's also uh, tax implications for everybody involved if you do that. So this, this is a way that maybe the universities are able to, to maintain what they've built and established for so long is a way for student athletes to, because uh, again, this applies to not just football and basketball, but all those Olympic sports and everything else where there's an opportunity for them. And, and frankly, they couldn't afford to give 35 sports 10 to $15,000 in every single person. That was not ever going to be feasible for them or the whole enterprise collapses on itself. But, yeah. uh, you know, we still have to, we'll still see. I think you said it's, you still got to get to July 1. You still have to have everybody agree to this. The NCAA is going to be involved at some point. They yep. say they say July 1. We've covered this uh, organization long enough to, to be skeptical of that. But at least I think as the other point that you made, which is important, is that Gene Smith uh, was part of this. Clearly, Ohio State is behind it. Uh, and and working for a solution, I hope that they get one, and and we don't have to you know worry about whether this should or shouldn't happen in their perspective, and they can just all finally agree that it should, and and figure out the best way forward from here. Yeah, it is interesting that the NCAA is going to skate out of this, maintaining the fact that uh, you're a student athlete. We're giving you uh, tuition, room, books, and board, and uh, cost of attendance. A stipend. I wonder if that's going to go away though for people who make a lot of money. That'll be the next thing that probably come up. But uh, and and you're still an amateur, but you can work for these other people. You know what I mean? So they don't even you know they can keep all that off the books. And uh, you know you can go work for these other people. You're an employee of theirs, but you're just a student athlete for us. That's kind of what's coming coming down. And yeah, you know, I think everybody everybody whether everybody will be happy, we know they won't be. Uh, but uh, it is what it is at this point. But, you know, with that said, I've got three green lights on the landing gear. I don't know why I keep using these airplane analogies. I just, I just it's like in it. in your blood, man. You love it. I just like it. But the, we've already landed. We're, we're coasting into uh, uh, the uh, taxiway. We're going into Kilo, Kilo Taxiway. And, uh, until next time, this is Tim May for Awesome Ward. Thanks for listening to the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you next time.